Hello, this is Mark Tucker. And this is Alan Furstenberg. And we are Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Hey, welcome back, Alan. It's good to see you. Good to see you as always, Mark. How's your week going? It's going just fine. Things are moving right along. Um, you know, something I've, I've dug into quite a bit lately is uh, Alexa presentation language. And I know that, uh, you know, people might have some questions about that. Um, you know, what is it and, and kind of how that fits. And I know that you're interested in, in templating. So I thought this mm -hmm. would be a topic that we could just kind of explore together, not go too deep, but just kind of cover some of the, the basics, give people a good foundation on what it is and kind of how it works behind the scenes. Sure. It's always good. I mean, I know a few weeks back you started talking about um, code execution with APL and it was just blowing my mind. <laughs> I really... Um, was having trouble wrapping my head around it. And we've talked a number of times about APL and kind of how APL fits into uh, the broad scheme of how, how it works with skills. But I definitely think it's good if we kind of, you know, touch base again with an overview and kind of start looking at some of the, the different components that APL can have. Okay. Yeah. So um, kind of at a really high level in order to get an APL document to show up on a screen, um, then there is a directive that gets passed as part of the response. So, you know, there's a JSON response that comes back and you, you can specify what the, the text is and what the, the reprompt is going to be. And you can also pass in an, an APL document. And part of that APL document could also include like a data document. So you can you separate the structure of what you want on the screen from the actual data. And then, you know, what I do a lot of the times is just have the, the, the template on the file system on my project um, for the screen. And I also actually, a lot of times just have a dummy data document that I can just load up um, like an APL Ninja or something like that and just see see what the, the things look like. So already I've got questions. Just to, make sure right. I, I, just to make sure I have everything set in my head. So when we talk about an APL document, this, I, I know this is a JSON file. It's a JSON data structure, a single JSON object, right? That's correct. Now, let me make sure I get this right. We can send it back in one of two ways. We can either provide that JSON object directly as part of the directive. Correct. Or we can specify a file that has the JSON in it. And, and here's where I'm a little less certain. Oh, so, yeah. so there actually is a way where you could host actually on... Um, you know, up in the cloud as part of the Alexa developer um, console experience, you could host this APL document and then just refer to it by name. But when I say file, I, I just include the, the JSON file as part of my um, my code in the file ah, system. Okay. And then, then I just use a, a um, require tag to, in essence, pull that in and I get the whole um, JSON um, in, inside my code and I just uh, flop that into the, the, the directive. So even if you have a JSON file, you're loading the JSON file into your skill first is usually yes. how you do it. Mm -hmm. And again, the data object is again, another JSON object. Um, and this one I assume is just, since you're mostly developing in JavaScript, you're just building a JavaScript object, yep, right? Exactly. And, and you pass that as the data for the directive, as part of yeah. the directive, correct? Okay. Correct, yeah. So you can build it up from scratch. It could be um, like the result of an API. 
Um, you could just do the whole response back from an API call and have that be the, the document, or you might want to wrap that with some things or pare it down. So only the properties that you're going to display are returned. You know, you've, you've, you've got a size limit on that response that you're coming back. Hmm. Okay. Um, and so if you're, if you're passing the whole APL document it is, and it's, it's pretty complicated or you're passing a lot of data, then you're going to get into trouble. Um, but as long as you keep things fairly small, um, then you're, you're in good shape with that. And again, as you say, this data object really can be, you know, have any structure to it that mm -hmm. you want. So it can have a number of properties and some of those properties can be arrays or can be objects themselves and, and you know, nested to, to some level. I won't say whatever level because yeah. there's a certain practical limit, right. but it can be fairly complicated if you want. Yeah. And then, you know, it's kind of your decision on like if you're going to say, this template, you know, if, if you're only doing it for one language, then it, you know, it doesn't really matter. You can just hard code like the names of buttons or headers or things like that right in, in, in the APL document yourself. Or you can choose to say, well, I'm going to pass in any of the text that's going to display on the screen as part of my data document. And then you hmm. could adjust it um, based on what language and, and have something else, a content management system or something, pull out those names for the screen. So then... Um, when when it's displayed, then it's in whatever language you want it to be in. So you've got some options there, a little flexibility. Okay, so broadly speaking, we're using directives to send back two data structures. One contains our layout and one contains the data. Exactly. Okay, so take it from there. All right, so now the, the, the document that is your APL you know, doc, the, like the visual structure of what's going to be on your screen, there is a root um, object. Um, and I'm, I'm simplifying quite a bit, actually, but there's something where you finally get to a section that's called main template. And that is, you know, representative of your screen. So whatever you want to display on your screen. And, and I'm going to introduce just a, a few basic components. So there's, there are some building blocks or components that are built right into APL. Um, plus, there's an ability to import in additional um, component libraries, so to speak, and then you get some additional things like Alexa buttons or you know full-fledged screens. So there's, uh, but we'll, we'll you know, I think leave it to the basic components today. One one quick question about components. All right. Who can specify components? Is it just Alexa that can specify components, or are there mm -hmm. outside libraries of components? So um, there are outside libraries or could be outside libraries. So uh, um, Amazon provides a few libraries, one like uh, that's all specific to, you know, like viewport sizes. And you can use that um, to help you figure out like what screen it is because, you know, there's lots of different devices and they have different mm -hmm. heights and widths and different uh, dots per inch and, and things like that. So um there's one library you can do that. One is all about styles, about, oh, I want to have you know, a light theme versus a dark theme, and there's some styles. And then there's something called um, layout, which gives you some additional things. But there's another part of the document, which is called layouts. And you can either choose, like if you're if you are showing something on the screen and you're re repeating something multiple times, you could take that thing that you're repeating and move that into a separate thing called a component uh, into a layout section, give it a name. And so now you've just created your own component. Okay. And so what you can do then is you can use in that same document now your component 
and just set properties on your component. And so now you make a change in one place and, it, and it's reflected everywhere um, that, that that component's used. Okay. Okay. So that's good for templating like stuff. I know one of the things, you know, uh, on, you know, the equivalent on the HTML side would be like custom tags, for example, mm -hmm. which some libraries let you build these days. And you, you now create these tag libraries. Right. I know one of the things that you've been working on recently were adding um, badges to yes. some of your components. Did you do that using a component library? So you now have a, a badge component library? So what I ended up doing, and, and there's a sample out on APL Ninja that you can dive into, but uh, what I did is I set up on my screen some samples of some things like a, um, a regular Alexa button, a, an icon button, just a, a, a frame, which is a component that you can paint the background and border on, um, or um, a vector graphic. And then just using those base, th those components that Amazon provides already, I um, created a component called the badge wrapper. So, and then you can actually go to the layout section of that one document and, and uh, see the code for the badge wrapper. But then you go back into the main template section and say, instead of just this button, I'm going to have that button be a child of this badge wrapper component that I created. You can set some properties on the badge wrapper saying, this is uh, the position of where the badge is gonna be, the background color, the border color, the font size, and you know, and what the value is going to be that's going to show inside the badge, and um, and that it just uh, renders it out. Um, so I could then go to the next step, and this is what like Amazon's done, and is that I could take that stuff that made up that component, move it into a separate file. So the only thing that's in there is the stuff about badge wrapper, and then I could host that onto on the internet someplace, uh, some public you know like CDN or something. It's just a JSON file that's being hosted. And then there's a, a, a certain way that you can take that uh, URL that makes up that, you know, find that JSON file and you could then import that in. So then you could, mm -hmm. there's not really a good way to do that, you know, like Cloudflare or other places that are that have done that for, you know, JavaScript or for CSS stuff for, um, but yeah, it's going in that direction. There will be a day where you will be able to find uh, and these different components. component libraries and, in, and import components in, yes. Okay. Now, you touched on something a moment ago um, that I kind of know is at the heart of it. So I'm, I'm, I guess I'm cheating a little bit. But you said, as part of this, the wrapper, you specify what the value is that you want to show in the badge. Now, presumably, this is actual, uh, this is a data that you get from the data object that you're sending in. How do you marry the two? All right, so that's through data binding. Okay. So the, you can say at the root level, this um, document is going to uh, data bind because there's there's the the document that you return back as part of the directive is like there is the JSON document that is the directive. One of the properties is the APL document, and another one of the properties is the data object. So really it's all just one JSON together. So what you're saying then, they're already kind of already paired up already. Okay. So you just have to in the APL template saying, I'm going to pass in a, uh, a parameter, which is going to be, you give it some name and then you can start using that name 
dot whatever property or you know even erase syntax or you know things like that that you need to to incorporate those things into. Now, when you define your own component, you can specify these are parameters that this component accepts. And so one of the things, those would be like the badge text. And so now my main template has defined a badge wrapper and that has a property on there that's called badge text. And so now I use the special data um, um, evaluation syntax um, to say this, I'm gonna set this property either with a hard-coded string or I'm going to set it with the value from the data document. So, so how do you specify that you, I mean, I, I assume the hard-coded string is you just give it a straight value. Just a string value. So right. yeah, so the, the, the special like, um, you know, syntax for templates um, in APL is a dollar sign and curly braces okay, inside so of a string. That's pretty standard. Fairly, fairly standard. So now you can use just, you know, property syntax. So let's say that I, I named my data document payload. So I could say payload.property1. And, and it would just read that value, put it in that document as if it was hard-coded in there. And when it renders, it's going to render the value from the data document. But you can do other things. You can check for conditionals. You could do like a ternary operator. Okay. Um, and, and like comparison. So you can start doing, uh, and there's like a, there's, you know, not tons, but there's, um, there's uh, a math functions object and a string functions object. And um, so there's different things that you can use um, to, you know, do calculations or do tests on things. So like maybe, maybe there's a data property uh, in your data object that is, is visible um, for, for something. And so maybe your screen has a button bar at the bottom that you want to hide or show depending on the, the value of that is visible. You just have to go to the, the, the parent component that represents the top level um, of that, that footer or that button bar area. And you just have to check, you go you know, to the display property and you would do a ternary operator saying, you know, this property dot uh, is visible. And then in you know, single quotes, it would be like, uh, if it's visible, then it would be normal, colon, if it's not visible, it would be none. So then, it, or you can do invisible because you know, one, one makes the, the whole space go away like the component doesn't even exist. The other one is like, I'm still taking up space, but it's whole, the whole thing's invisible. That's very CSS-like. Yeah, there is a number of CSS uh, stuff. And, and so the, you know, the base object that you're going to define in your template is, is a container uh, component. And a container component is all about layout. It's based off of Flexbox, uh, which is you know kind of a newer <laughs> way of doing some CSS stuff. And so um, you can define like the whole width and height of your, of your screen um, is going to be what's available. But then you can say, oh, I have this container is going to have some child components. And uh, it could be, you know, things like a, a, a text component, which is, you know, has a property to say, this is the text that I'm going to show or a frame component, which says I'm going to do a background color and a border color and a border radius. And then you can do things like uh, laying things out so you can lay things one on top of the other or like on the frame component, like on the badge. It's mm -hmm. it's got a number of compo uh, container so, components. So you've got it's a got, Z order to it as well, if you want. Kind, kind of. It's not as good as a Z order because you can't oh. really specify 
Yeah, but you, you can't can, specify a Z order. Okay. You can't specify a Z order, but you can say, because what it will normally do is like if something's got children, you just, you're going to lay it out either in rows or columns based on Flexbox. But you could say, oh, I, I want to take this first one and I want to position it absolutely. So that actually snaps it to a layer that's underneath the other things that lay on top of it. And that would be like how you get a, a background um, image or a background um, color on your screen. Um, so you can play around with these different properties. And then like on a frame, you can have a child component of a text. And that's how I get the, the badges really is just a frame with a, a child text um, component. So, okay. So what sorts of components are there? I mean, I, I can, from, from your description, I get the fact that there are layout components and right. we've kind of talked about button components and just general frame that contains text components. What, what other components are there? That, um, that Amazon defines? Yeah, there's a couple of do dozen. So like when it comes to like the very basic building blocks that are built in, um, you've got a container, you have an edit text, which I haven't used. I'm assuming that's a, like an input box, hmm. um, a frame, um, grid sequence. Um, so that can allow th lay things out. Um, a grid layout. Like, kind of in a, gray, yeah. a grid, an image, a pager control, so you can have like a whole screen and then swipe and you know page two, swipe page three. Um, a sequence is just uh, ability to lay one thing right after another. And there's you know there's some special case um, like a scroll view. If I and what I do is um, a lot of times is that there's if I import a, another library for Alexa layout, I've I've got an Alexa header control that gives me my basic header in the top left, um, image in the top right, ability to have a back button, um, and then like a footer, which would be like if you wanted to have a, you know, try and give like a hint text to what you could say, like Alexa, open, blah, blah, blah. Um, or sometimes I, I create my own button bar at the bottom. Mm -hmm. And so then that middle section, um, because you have all kinds of different sizes, like your Echo Show 5 is gonna be, you know, kind of short, um, whereas your Echo Show 8 or 10 is gonna be, you know, a lot more vertical space. You have to kind of keep those things in mind. And so what I do a, a lot of times is I use a scroll view component. So I basically can just like specify things one right after the other in the, in the container, and then it's gonna clip it at where the footer and the, and the header mm -hmm. is, and I can just scroll up and down or use the voice uh, and intent for like scroll down, scroll up. Mm -hmm. Now, um, what you have in there, you, you mentioned a list component. So I assume you'd put the list component inside the scroll component. And in the list component, you'd give it like an array of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it would, it, would, it would iterate automatically through that array component and each component in there, it would render, individ you know, it would render that the same way. Yeah. So, so, a, so a you, you yeah. So a scroll view is going to be more um, if you just want text and things. But like a sequence itself, I'm trying to think of what else would be on on the sequence. But um, that would be the thing. Like if you wanted to have a list of things that repeated and looked the same, um, you can do that. But there's also the container itself is is, is kind of funny because you can at the container level because it's a control that can lay out multiple children, you can, mm -hmm. at the container level, you can say, I want a data bind to the property, which is the array in my data. And then you can specify 
with a single item, like another container, which then maybe contains like a couple of texts and stuff laid out in a row. So you can say this is like a template of what one of those things would look like. Mm-hmm. And and the container just handles it because it it's it's uh, it data integrating itself. Yeah. So container could do that okay. yourself. You get some additional things with with sequence. There's also like a first item and last item. So you could have the first one or the last item look a little bit different. Um, so like you could do like a, a header for the first one or, mm-hmm. or something. You know. Or, you know, separator bars in between everything yep. except for after, after all of them, except for the last one. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. And there's a separate like divider component um, that you can use. That's not actually part of the base components. You actually have to import a library to get divided. Interesting. How would you do something now? You know, this is a very common thing to do on list like things is, mm-hmm. you know, if you've got list of, you know, one line items, every other item would be in a different color. You'd have a different background color to make okay. it easier to kind of focus on a line. How would you do that sort of thing? All right. So there is a numbered property that you can set on the parent. Ah, okay. So then each of the children gets an ordinal number. And so it, it's like, it takes whatever the data was that you passed it. And it just adds some additional things to it. One of them is the is ordinal. So you could actually data bind to ordinal and you would see one, two, three, four. And go then through you that. do so then you could do Medulo yeah, math on that to a little math to see if it's yep. odd or even to 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 change that. Very good. Okay. So some uh, a few other ones. Uh, there's a touch wrapper. So uh, interestingly, the button component is in a separate library, but like a bu- button would really be made up of a touch wrapper a frame or two and some text. I can see so those that. are okay. like the, yeah. So those are the basic components, um, but a touch wrapper, you can wrap around uh, a frame. You can wrap around an image. You can wrap around some text. And so then you can, um, that allows it to be touchable. So when you touch it on the screen, then you get um, the ability to do an event and you can execute a command either locally on the device or um, send it up to the cloud uh, so that the skill gets a, a like a user event that specifies uh, some some data so then you know from the skill level you can process some things and do some additional um, stuff and then there's a, a special um, vector graphic so, <laughs> so <laughs> which we've talked about a few times now yeah so you can specify an image and get like a source URL to a, like a JPEG or a or a ping um, but you can't use an SVG there if you want an SVG you actually have to actually um, take the SVG, convert it to um, Alexa vector graphic, AVG, which is a subset of SVG, <laughs> which puts it in, instead of XML format, which the SVG is into a JSON format, which <laughs> is what the AVG is. And then you can go ahead and, and define that. There's a graphics section inside of your document where you can define each of your vector graphics as far as the, the paths and stuff. And then you can reference it with a, with a vector graphic image. Okay. So yeah, there's lots, lots, we could dive into it more. There's more to talk about commands and, and, and stuff. And but... we will. No, I don't want to get into commands tonight because that's yeah. just going to blow my mind again. <laughs> um, we will have to save that for another time. But basically it's templating, there's commands, you can do data binding and you can do these um, you know, um, expression syntax um, things where you can you know, test properties and set values. And, and so those are kind of the, the main things to get you going on on what it is and just remember everything's JSON. So uh, if we've got, so, so the first big thing is if people have questions about APL, where is the best place to go 
to the best place to go seriously is apl.ninja it's a website like a code pen or a js bin or something that you might have used um, doing your javascript or web programming but it's all about apl and you can create an account it's free you can look around uh, at what other people have done you can take a look at their projects you can fork it and and create your you know do your own thing you can publish things you know, privately um, or you can do it publicly. You can pass around URLs. There's just all, all kinds of things that um, Alexander Martin has done with that site to be great. And, and you know, to be honest, a couple of months ago, I didn't really know that much about APL and um, that site has helped quite a bit. So fantastic. Um, lots of reference documentation there as well. Yep. So it's great following APL Ninja on Twitter because every so often they post, you know, new screens that they've been yep. working with and demonstrating. So it's, it's fun to see. And just in general, I would love to see what people are, are doing with APL and, uh, and great ways that you're using it or the questions that you have. Yep, uh, definitely. It's uh, lots of fun things. Like you say, there, people are doing things with uh, like video in the background and then layering stuff over top of it or animations. There's just all kinds of fun stuff that you can learn and, and you know, just play around with. And a lot of times, one of the ways that I, I learn best is just by taking something and then start tweaking it and seeing what that little change does. And then mm -hmm. you start to grab it. So, yeah, I'd love to, to, to hear, you know, you can always you know, post something on uh, social media with a link to uh, APL Ninja and uh, say, you know, hey, check this out. Um, would love to, to take a look and uh, willing to help where I can. Always, you know, always, if you have questions, feel free to share because, you know, if we don't know it, we can find people who do. Yeah, there's definitely other people that know APL quite a bit more than I do, but uh, just, you know, jump in and start learning. And uh, we will catch you on another episode of uh, Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Have a great week, Mark. Yeah, you too. Take care, Alan. Take, Take care, care, everybody.